Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Today we delve a little deeper into a matter of family law as we, we're going to take a prior topic and learn something about some alternatives beyond that very basic subject. Hi everybody, this is Jim Mitchell and this is an approach I really enjoy being able to take on the podcast from time to time. Now in past discussions we've heard about orders of protection and we'll touch upon that subject today just a bit and really only long enough to springboard off of that into a discussion of an alternate approach to preventing domestic violence as we introduce the topic of two-way no-contact orders. We'll learn whether or not this approach is beneficial or satisfactory and what it really entails for those involved. And to provide the specifics uh, from the legal perspective is my friend Christina Regal of LaBelle Law. Christina, very instrumental in the running of the uh, very active family law practice group at LaBelle Law, and herself a former journalist and a very strong advocate for uh, preventing domestic abuse. So uh, a great resource to have. We'll be well served by her contributions. So let me say good afternoon, Christina. It's very, very nice to talk to you again here in the new year. Thank you, Jim. What a great introduction. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, I'm glad to have you here. Now, I said we're going to sort of juxtapose uh, two-way no-contact order um, with an order of protection. So let's do a quick primer on order of protection, how it works. Can you kind of take us through that at, at a very high level, first of all? Absolutely. An order of protection is a, uh, a document that essentially uh, operates as a civil document but has quasi-criminal or somewhat criminal um, uh, ramifications to it. So if a person feels as though they're being threatened by a household or family member, someone they've been in a, or someone they've been in a dating relationship with, um, that their safety is being threatened by that person, or if they're being harassed or stalked, they can seek what's called an emergency order of protection in the court. If the court then the court will then have a hearing at a later date to give what's called a plenary or a, a, you know a long term order of protection, and that essentially makes it a crime for the person who's the respondent in that action to contact the person who's seeking the order of protection. Okay, and one very important distinction I want to make there, make sure I heard it correctly, this doesn't have to necessarily occur after an act of violence or abuse. If the threat of that exists, can you get an order of protection? Absolutely. Okay, wonderful. So now we're going to talk about something new, a two-way no-contact order. I've never heard of this before. You're going to introduce it to us. So tell us a little bit about what that is. Okay, well, so the the purpose of an order of protection is to help people who feel as though they've been the victim of domestic uh, they you know they've been the victim of domestic abuse domestic violence or fear they're going to be the victim of domestic violence so in this instance someone would seek an order of protection then they would come back to court on another day typically it's set 3 weeks out to have that hearing on the long term order of protection oftentimes my clients when they come to court for that hearing to get the long-term order of protection, find that the person they were seeking the order of protection against has hired an attorney, and the attorney wants to talk them into getting a two-way no-contact order. What that is is essentially barring both people from contacting the other person, but it's not an order of protection. It's an alternative to an order of protection. 
So does it offer that same level of protection? You, you mentioned sort of the, the, the potential criminal activity. Does it, does it reach as far as that in the same regard then? No, and that's the important component. That's, that's why I think it's so important for people to hear this podcast because really if someone has an order of protection, they're seeking to actually have – a, poli- a police officer, the police, take the person away from them if there's a future threat of domestic abuse. What this order of protection does is it takes the teeth, what, what this two-way no-contact order does essentially is takes the teeth out of it. It takes the, as I call, the go-to-jail-free card away from the scenario. <laughs> so um, when someone gets an order of protection, what they're essentially asking for is, can you make this person getting in touch with me, this person coming to my house or calling me or calling my friends to give them messages for me, can you make that a crime so that they have a you know, a penalty if they don't leave me alone. This two-way no-contact order essentially becomes a civil order without any criminal penalties, and um, and it bars both people from contacting one another. If that is violated, the most they can get is contempt of court. If an order of protection is violated, it's a criminal misdemeanor. So, so contempt of you, court is a lesser <laughs> charge. Yeah, absolutely. And and as you you very clearly stated there, you know the. When the order is requested, the other attorney may come back and say this, and I, I've got a guess here just by what you're describing, is you represent people, in, and I, I would imagine in most, if not all cases, you look at this and say, nope, this is not what we're asking for. You would, you would fight against that, Doug. Well, sometimes it can be appropriate in, in certain okay. circumstances where, um, where maybe the abuse isn't dangerous. Maybe the person is just a pest and we don't think the person has the capacity to, you know, go beyond actual physical harm. And in that instance, um, you know, a two-way no contact order is a nice way to memorialize the understanding between the parties that, look, these people should just be on their way. And, you know, we don't need any criminal penalties here, but we need to just keep these two people separate from one another. Um, so it, it, it could have that. That is a benefit because maybe, uh, maybe the court wouldn't issue an order of protection in that instance. You know, maybe the court wouldn't want to take that extreme of a step. So you can still have something. And, and you know, I'm not going to say that I would never enter one on behalf of a client, but, number one, it really is a client's decision. And, number two, you know, it, it really does – depend on the circumstances. So a two-way no-contact order is better than no order at all. Um, and, yeah. and in those kinds of instances, maybe that's the best result. Um, and that is why a lot of people enter into them, is be, the, in, why a lot of people enter into the two-way no-contact order is so that they avoid leaving the courthouse with no protection whatsoever. Um, you know, if you have a, a hearing on an order of protection and, and win, you get an order of protection. If you lose, you literally leave with nothing. So this is, you know, this is something. Um, it may not have all the teeth that an order of protection does, but it is something. The, the difficulty is, though, that um, that in terms of those uh, real penalties, they're really far down the line. Someone would have to file a motion with the court to hold the person in contempt, and there'd be hearings. And that's a lot different than the person being hauled off to jail within the hour. Um, my guest on the podcast today is attorney Christina Regal of LaBelle Law. Um, and as you can tell, Christina has a wealth of experience in, in these matters, um, whether it's orders of protection, divorce, child custody, support, uh, many other topics we've, we've covered here on the podcast. And if you'd like to revisit some of those, LaBelleLaw.com is, is the spot to go. Um, we've got uh, topics like these, dozens of articles, podcasts, videos, uh, all available to you just to go take a look. They're, they're there for free, a great resource. 
Um, and and Christina is always very helpful when she's here. Now, uh, you kind of led into something that I want to talk about, which is sort of the uh, enforceability of, of these two acts. Um, one is sort of a, as you said, the police can come and get the person. How do you enforce or do you enforce in any real manner um, a two-way no-contact order? Well, um, that's a that's a great question because it really it really does come down to the the whole point of getting an order is the enforceability. So uh, that's the whole crux of what we're talking about here. And in an order of protection, that order is enforced by any police department in the country, uh, any sheriff's department, any law enforcement can enforce an order of protection anywhere in the country. Um, in a two-way no contact order, we're really looking at Illinois only as the court that will enforce that two-way no-contact order. And insofar as that may still be all a person needs, if that order is violated by, let's say, the, abuse, uh, the abusive person, um, the, the person who is the victim of that abuse would essentially have to go to court, file a motion called a petition for rule to show cause, I'm just going to leave that there. It's a very legal-sounding term. And so that's the point, is that you file a complicated motion, essentially, um, Mm -hmm. and ask the court to hold the person in contempt of court. And then there would be a presentment of that motion and then a hearing on that motion before anything ever happened to that person. Um, So, again, this is, you know, this might, you know, in terms of uh, someone who's a violent abuser, this is probably not the way to go. But someone who's, you know, um, really causing, you know, uh, becoming a, a, you know, nuisance, perhaps this would be a better way to go. Um, Another point that I really want to make sure that I address is an order of protection can only last as long as two years. Mm -hmm. A two-way no-contact order can be indefinite in nature. Uh, It really can. So um, if someone really wants to get into court, one and done, not ever have to come back, maybe a two-way no-contact order is the way to go because if someone really needs protection of an order of protection, they literally have to come back to court at least every two years to ask the court to continue to extend it. And and what is there sort of an onus on on your client in this case in that if it's two-way, if I understand the, the term correctly, um, both parties need to stay away from one another. So you have to at least be careful if it's some sort of a relationship in which there is still some need to communicate, whether it's you know financial or other things that are, are part of the relationship, that your client doesn't end up violating it just by the nature of having to get things done with their former spouse or partner, whoever it might be. Is that right? Yes, that's absolutely right. And I often find I often find myself making the same argument to the opposing attorney. We would never leave the courthouse after a hearing on an order of protection with barring my client from doing anything, assuming that I represent the petitioner. So why would we agree to a two-way no-contact order when it's only going to be a one-way order of protection? Uh, so it is something to think about as well. You know, sometimes other attorneys will be willing to enter into a one-way no-contact order, but really um, the, it always begs the question, well, why would they be contacting the other person? Why can't it be two ways? Um, so, mm-hmm. and and do do judges have any discretion in this? I mean, do you simply, as you, you said, if you request an order of protection and it's denied, you kind of walk away with nothing? Would a judge ever say, "Well, let's not do this, but do this"? Or is it only do they only act on whatever you're asking for? 
No, judges will make recommendations in what's called a pretrial conference to do a two-way no-contact order or just basically say, hey, if you're, you know, based on the facts that you have in front of me, I don't think I'm going to issue an order of protection, but maybe I will issue a two-way no-contact order. You know, maybe you, I would enforce that if the attorneys could agree. So judges will uh, weigh in on that in what's called a pretrial conference. And tell me just a little bit with a minute or so we've got left here in terms of, you know, your consultation with, with your client. I, I, you will have known their history and um, known their concerns, and as you mentioned, it's, it's their call. Do you, do you kind of go through the different options with them and, and try and help them make the right decision in terms of what these things really mean and, and what it means for them long term then as well? Absolutely. I mean, that, that's that's the biggest consideration is how to keep people safe and how to get them the most protection as possible for the longest amount of time. So, you know, an order of protection is definitely more firm. It's definitely more quickly enforceable. A two-way no-contact order is more long-term but doesn't have that same teeth. Interesting. Well, uh, Attorney Christina Regal uh, has been my guest today. With uh, She comes to us from Lavelle Law, and I know she is uh, very busy, and we're going to let her get back to work. So thanks very much for being here, and we'll kind of wrap things up. Look forward to talking to her again in the future. Um, as always, uh, Christina's knowledge and ability to explain these matters, very much appreciated here. And as I mentioned earlier, if you have any questions about topics like this, or quite frankly, other areas of the law, whether it be taxation, estate planning, bankruptcy, entrepreneurial law, law uh, real estate, many others, um, just make it a point to visit LavelleLaw.com. You can avail yourself the opportunity to meet the attorneys there, read their articles, watch or listen to videos and, and hundreds of podcasts. And, of course, we'll continue to bring new discussions each week here on uh, continuing episodes of Chicago's Legal Latte. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com.